Time for the time for the AltaCast here during the Some Call Me Tim times. Yeah, get right in that microphone. Yeah, I'm right in there. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, it's uh, you got to point it right towards your mouth. It's a weird directional one. Really cute sundress. Yeah, it's like backless. I don't think I've seen you anything like that in a long time. Well, the thing is, I'm going to Walnut Creek tonight, and I heard that it was like 400 degrees in Walnut Creek. Yeah. So you dressed for the park yeah, as if it's kind of warm them. here. Like, I mean, yeah. 70 is it's nice here, but like Walnut Creek, it's probably going to be like 80 something. Yeah, it's going to be hot. Oh, how about now? Is that better? There you go. Yeah. So I'm going to go do jokes out there. It should be fine. It should be fun. Come on out to my show, though, at Asiento tonight, everybody. It's going to be a beautiful night at Asiento and uh uh, the, the phenom Luca Branches is on it, the 13-year-old comedian. He's amazing. Um, Josh Kahn's going to be guest hosting. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm going to try not to stress about it. It's it's for one of the first times I've ever not been there for one of my shows and uh, trusted somebody else to complete the task. I will say, though, this is usually the weirdest part of the summer, like toward like the end of July, beginning of August is kind of weird because either people are – getting ready to go back to school or teachers are starting their jobs again and all that. This is like that weird, like I remember things where used to, it's kind of like a weird down period until like mid August starts and then labor day and all that shit. I don't know. I mean, I haven't had a problem. I've, I've just never had this few reservations for on a night. It's just, it's always been at least 10. So six is like, Oh boy. But it's one of those things where I don't have to witness my own failure. So I'm fine with that. Other people have to, you know, be the witnesses of my lack of promotion. And it's not. I did the same promotion I always do. So I don't know. It's just people. It's fine. And not every show can be a fucking winner. Not everything can be knocked out of the park. Exactly. This is the first time and you've been doing this for almost six months. Oh, over that year. Yeah. You've been doing it over a year. Yeah. So you're on a good roll. Yeah. It's just, I'm just hoping. I just hate to, I just hate to have comedians be there and then have the, I mean, they get free food and drinks, so they really can't complain. But, you know, it's 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 not fun for the audience and it's not fun for comics when you have a really small audience. Everybody just feels awkward. Really? I yeah. kind of I think sometimes the audience, depending if you do, I think sometimes they the audience doesn't mind having a small one. Especially if it's, if it's less dinner. than 10 people, it's awkward. It's just <laughs> awkward. Like, and if that's even... I mean, and then if the comedians aren't paying attention, so let's say there's six people, there's six reservations, and then I've got five people on those. So that's 11 people total. And that's assuming that all the pay, uh, all the comedians are paying attention the whole time. I don't know. That just feels like an open mic. It just feels like, I don't know. It just, without an audience, comedy is an open mic, and it's it's stupid. It, or I mean, it's not stupid. It's just like... You could be getting walk-ins, though, too. Maybe. I just... I don't know. I'm kind of coming to the point where I, as I hate comedy. Like, 
as a comedian. No, it's fine. I'm just sick of like you mean the politics seeing of it? all the, no other people's jokes. I'm just I've seen other people's sets. I've seen other people's jokes. I'm I'm bored. I've oh, seen okay. it. I haven't seen anything new. And then the new people all think they're great. They suck. So it's like <laughs> they think they're really good and they're not yet. And everybody thinks that they're these great. And it's just like it's torturous sometimes to listen to. <laughs> comedians you know amateur comedians sets and when they think they're doing so well it's like oh man everyone thinks they're a mitch hillsberg or a chelsea handler yeah it's, it's just the cognitive dissonance is really problematic i see where you're coming from now yeah, I, I i get what you're saying i'm just and i mean I'm, the, even the show i'm on tonight like i can in in walnut creek i can do like everybody's jokes that's on the i mean and some of them I just met like a month ago because they're traveling or whatever. And I still, it's like, I've seen you four times. I know your jokes. So I, they haven't even switched it up. Some nobody people. switches it up. No, they just do the same thing over and over and over. Especially people that once they have a set that they like, that's just what they do. And that's, but that's what you do. You do the same set over and over and over. Do you though? Yeah. I, I tried not to do the well, same when I did. The people at the punchline on the Sundays when I see the Ian Levies and I see the Orion Levines and I see, I'm seeing them do the same jokes they do at every, I see them do the show, the jokes at my show. I see them do the jokes at their show. I see them do the jokes at other people's shows. It's just, it's their polished set. And that's what I, they do. You know, I always thought and was taught that you kind of mix it up. Like you throw some new shit I know, but with, I know, like, with, with like with the new stuff, old shit and new shit, you know, and so and and that's the thing like i mean you don't want to do the same exact set every night i've watched too many comedy documentaries for a lot of comedians said like you don't want to do the same set every night because like you said you'll get bored you get tired of the same people you'll get mm -hmm. tired of the same lags and then you'll just lose the huh the joy of it you know i don't know i'm just saying i'm I guess real comedy is fine, but I'm just really sick of amateur comedy right now. <laughs> no, seriously, like everybody in San Francisco, it's like we all suck. Nobody's doing well. It's all the same people. It doesn't matter if you're on the punchline or if you're on the retro junkie stage or if you're on my Asiento stage. It's the same comics. It's the same ones that are at the open mics. It's the same ones that we'll see at the open mic at Milk Bar later. It's the same people. And it's just the venue changes. And that's, that's the other thing is when you're promoting a show, who's on the show doesn't fucking matter because nobody here is a name that sells the show. None of us sell a show with our name. It doesn't matter who's on the fucking show. It doesn't. A lot of it, I guess, now just comes down to the venue or the, it's the promotion. It's who's spending money on promotion where, really. That's all it is. Yeah. Because it's the same comics. It's the same fucking people. It's the same people at Neck of the Woods that are at the same places. At the, it's all the same people. So. That, that is kind of like Groundhog's Day. Yeah, and you just keep listening to the same. I'm just, I'm just bored. I'm just bored of comics. That's all. I'm just getting a little jaded because I've been, I've been grinding so hard for so many weeks now and just like just churning it out and and promoting these shows and producing these shows and now I've got all this stuff for the festival and I'm meeting with the guy after that for the thing and then I've got the show and it's like I just and then I feel guilty when I'm taking when when I'm at home eating on my sofa I feel like oh my god I, I'm not doing anything productive right now I really should be using my time more wisely and I'm just like 
Whoa, where's that coming from? Because I'm so fucking busy. Because I can't, because because tonight is a failure. Whatever I did, I didn't do it well enough, and I only sold six tickets. Like, on Saturday, I've got 19 tickets sold, but then I've still got next Wednesday, and I've got to make all my event brights, and I've got to meet with my, the guy about the, the, Tonight's show is not a failure because it hasn't happened yet. And like you said, this is the first time. So the yeah, but, the but yeah, but the point is that every single week I've been doing this and I'm churning this stuff and I'm doing my stuff and I'm not obviously not working hard enough and I've got to meet with this guy and I've got to spend money on the new website and I'm producing the thing for the festival and there's just all this stuff going on and it's like and it's every single day is just another opportunity to fail in front of people like tonight at least I don't have to fail in front of them at least they'll witness the failure without me. But then, so already it's like, okay, Saturday, I already have 19 tickets sold, so it's not going to be a failure. Okay, phew. Because the comics that come, like, when you when you book comics and they get there and they're like, ugh, six people, and they like, and then, and then they all talk. And then it's like, well, you know, Pam's shows are okay, but, you know, you get to eat and drink, but our audiences are kind of stupid or whatever. All the comedians talk. And so it's just a matter of, trying to every single opportunity is another opportunity to fail and and yes do I want to succeed all the time but is is the opportunity for failure is much larger and much scarier than the opportunity for success that's all and it's the same thing with the it's the same thing with the festival it's like I I, I, I could be great or it could be a huge huge failure I I don't think it's going to be a failure I mean, I always hope it's not going to yeah. be a failure, and I'm working as hard as I can, but oftentimes that's still not as that's not good enough. Like I go to Neck of the Woods and it's sold out upstairs and downstairs, and I'm like, well, obviously I'm doing something wrong, or I'm doing something different. But either way, you're doing like, something different. There's but there's this like all nice and the lights and all the stuff, and they've got security and they've got this bar and the people show up and they're making That's money a hand whole over different fist. Venue, no, I know, I know, I know. But even with my tiny venues, like I'm trying to, you know, it's I don't know, it's it's hard. My life is it's stressful and it's hard, and I don't want to fail, and I feel the opportunity for failure constantly. I just constantly feel like it's looming over me, like. Like this big failure bubble, like is gonna come down. Well, no, no, no. But you, you, the thing is, it's because I've got I'm doing too much stuff, and I and I can't, I can't feel successful because it's not. I mean, tonight, like it's gonna be hard to feel successful. That the one night that I go to this, the one night that I'm on this guy's show that's always sold out. The night I'm on it is the night that it's dismally not sold out. It's like, ah, oh, man. And I'm mean, gonna travel all the way out there on the Bart and all this stuff, and you know, will I get the Bart back? Who knows? Like, so I'm gonna spend all this money to get out there, and it's gonna be like a small audience, and then I'll be like, uh, and then and then there's all of that looming over me, but then I have to perform too, like, and not not eat a dick. Like maybe maybe those people in Mall Creek, maybe they won't even like me. And then what? Oh my You're god! You're all in your head now. Stop. Yeah. Everything that you said is negative. You stop. Yeah, it's just because, I'm just stressed. Because when you put that negative cloud and energy out there, things will start to go that way. Now, you can definitely be like optimistic or pessimistic, but the fact of the matter is like at least you have an opportunity to go out to Walnut Creek. And you know what? Tonight's show, Asiento did you know, 
didn't, you know, they sold tickets. They sold tickets, but not as much as usual. But that, I mean, but that you can't win them all the time. And then fuck people here in this town. There aren't too many funny motherfuckers in this town anyway. I think a lot of people think, hey, I watched SNL growing up, so I think I could be a comedian. And it's like, uh, it's not about just, it's not just about like telling jokes and being funny around the water cooler. It's a whole lifestyle, actually. And it's not, and and it's an art form as well. It's a lifestyle and an art form. And so, you know, I'm going to talk shit. Uh, (laughs) I've said this before and I've said it again San Francisco doesn't really have that much for the arts as of right now unfortunately yeah you know unfortunately there's not much of a scene and they're gonna close things back down we think we don't know I don't know about that I don't know I'm I'm trying to be optimistic about that uh but uh because my birthday's coming up and I'm trying not to have shit closed that would suck but uh, that's why I'm trying to be optimistic. But outdoor is fine. Outdoor stuff is great. Outdoor stuff is fun. Yeah. It's summertime. I think it's fine. I think you have to also look at the big picture that you do have this big, you know, you have these gigs that are constant. I think it, I think what it is is you haven't had a moment to slow down and think. No, and I won't. That's I, probably I what I won't it is. until after the festival. I can't. I can't go to Portland to do shows. I can't go on vacation. I can't do anything because now I'm hitting the ground running and I'm going to try to make this festival happen. All right. And in order to do that, it means that the next 10 weeks, 10 weeks of my life are 100% devoted to this. Festival's in October, correct? October 10th through 16th. Yeah, okay. it's the second week of October. So it's okay. 10 weeks. It's 10 weeks from now, ostensibly. So what I can do, because I will be gone and mid-August till early September, I can at least offer my services to help since I do have some time. To do what? I don't know, Pam. Okay. To help. Yeah, I know. Thank you. To Thank help. You. Shit. No, 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 that's great. I just don't know what to do. Pre the, the thing is, so what I'm doing this year, though, is uh, because I have a budget, I'm just going to spend money on promotion and hope that that's what works out. If I throw money at, because that's what everybody else does. They throw money at promotions, and that's how people know what's going on. And it's all a racket. It doesn't matter how good your fucking festival is or how good the com- comedians are. It's how much money you have to throw at the wall. Let me call in a lifeline. One of my best friends works for Hearsay. She writes. For what? What's it called? Hear- hearsay oh, Media. Oh. It's new. Oh, wow. And so they just did a doc uh, uh, call when the lights go down the city, which is basically about all the businesses that were shut down wow. uh, after or during COVID and then the ones that survived. Wow. And then went to different neighborhoods. Damn. And so... She did that show along with Broke Ass Stewart. I don't know if you're familiar I with them. I know Broke Ass yeah. Stewart. Yeah, yeah. And so she, she's a journalist. And so. I could give him some money too. That's the thing I have to discuss is which outlets do I give my money to? I think Broke Ass Stewart is a good one, but do the bay. Do I just spend it on Eventbrite? Like, I don't want to spend it on Eventbrite, but if that's the way that people get. I want to have effective promotions and I want to spend. As little money as possible to get the maximum ticket sales out of what I'm going to be doing for the for the maximum audience, and um, I think the fact that yeah. we you definitely been blessed with you know the money that you've gotten, so that's one thing that you can't sleep on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I think maybe try maybe the Eventbrite this year to see how it is. Like, how much is that? I, know I don't know. That's the thing is I need to. I need to talk to somebody who's 
does promotions or knows what they're doing because I don't. I mean, everything I've done for all of these years, I've never paid a penny on promotion. Everything has been all grassroots and using free algorithms to do the best that I can. But now that I actually have a budget, I'm able to use the channels that everyone else in the world uses. And I'm hopefully that will pan out but I, I'm meeting with my digital guy after this I have to figure out where he is and then meet with him because he's my designer or whatever and I guess he's going to make the website better and then once I have all the graphics I can start putting together all of the event brights and the PRs and I can start like selling the actual tickets and trying to let people know about the festival and all that stuff so it's just one step at a time so I'm meeting with the guy and then hit the ground running and you know it's just go 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 but the thing that sucks is that so huh, I bet there's six venues there's all of these event brights I have to make there's all of there's I have six venues of shows multiple days and um and that's crazy logistically it's going to be really interesting plus I have to trust people because I can't be at every show all the time yeah. there's there's um continual there's simultaneously running shows so that's going to be interesting um yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll all work out. I'm I, sure I'll get it done. I know this, Pam. This is it's pre pre jitters, Pam. <laughs> well, the I'm gonna. Festival. I mean, it's I'm gonna do my best. It's just hard because it's such a daunting task. And then not only do I have that daunting task, I also still have my five weekly shows that I book and have to promote. So it's just it's just this nonstop. It's just hard for me. And the reason I get frustrated is that. I'm not good at promotion. I, there's a couple things I'm not good at. I'm not good at asking for money because I don't like doing it. I don't like asking for money. And so I'm, I'm really, oh, I'm okay. I'm really, um, I'm not good at the end of a show asking for tip money for people. I'm not, I'm just not good at asking for money. And I'm not good at, I'm not good at promotions. I'm not good at being like shaking the people and saying, come to this event. It's going to be great. And I'm just, this isn't, it's just not my skill set. And I, I constantly have to do it. So that's why I feel an overwhelming sense of failure all the time is that I'm constantly forced to repeat a task that I'm not, I don't feel successful at and I have to constantly do it. So like after this today, what do I have to do? I have to plug that Saturday show. I've got to put together all my shows for next week. I've got to make sure they're booked. I got to do like push that Thursday show next week. I mean, it's just like, I just don't feel like a regular person. I don't even know. She's a robot. Well, no, I don't know who I am as a person. I have nothing interesting to say, like, in a conversation with people because all I think about is talking about shows that I'm doing. It's like, it's it's terrible. I'm not a person anymore. I'm just, I don't even, yeah, I just don't even, Prick. I'm a comedy robot. I, 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 comedy robot. But here's the other thing that's terrible is I went to a bar and I tried to talk to real people. Real people are even more boring than comedians. That's the thing is everybody sucks. I don't want to talk about what you saw on Netflix. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Like, like maybe, maybe Rick and Morty, like that's somewhat interesting to me. But I also feel like how vapid and non, I, really, anybody who starts talking about the weather, I'm like, Shut the fuck up. Let me silently drink my beer instead of you blithering about nothing. You're going to talk about the motherfucking weather to me? Get out of my face. Like, right? So boring. So fucking boring. 
And then comedians, all they talk about is comedy. And, and then I'm boring too. All I talk about is fucking comedy. So I'm wondering where the interesting people are. And, and did we lose them all in the pandemic? No, there's one you're sitting in front of right here. <laughs> yeah, you, you're the last. You're the last interesting person in Not San Francisco. Horn, but I think I'm pretty fucking fly. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, no, I get it. it. It's just like go, 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 robot, robot, and you're about to malfunction, basically. Yeah. And so it's just like, and now with I'm putting the show, now having to put this show together, the festival is adding more to like your stress level. Yeah. And it's like the, and you know, and we know how this works. The closer you get to those dates, the more stressful it gets. And then the only reason that I feel stress is that it's a chance for failure. It's just another opportunity. I mean, I want, I do a lot of things cause I'm looking for success, but there's a constant fear of not being good enough, of not making the mark of people being disappointed in my, I hate working as hard as I can work and not seeing the, benefits or the success of that work and then when I fail when I work really hard and it's a fail and other people see it then I feel shame because I've worked as hard as I could and it still wasn't good enough yeah. and I don't I want to knock it out of the park every time I don't I don't like being a failure I, I'm really sad that I'm gonna have an audience of six people and a, you know five comedians tonight like and, a, and an owner of a business going like, oh, God, nobody's here. Because one failure is when they decide to go, you know, maybe this isn't working out. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this every Wednesday. Or I would, I would say that, yes, if this was a new establishment and you had just started working with them, but the yeah. fact that you guys have a long history together mm -hmm. where you've had less than six people show up before probably, you Not know. at that one. Six is pretty low. Six, six is uh, six out of thirty-four is it's it's pretty. It's this one is today is really. But low. we know that's not commonplace. So right. it has been at Atlas. That's happened to Atlas before, where I only had like six reservations. But then they were all they were fine. That was. They, they, I mean, they like like I said earlier, like it's you know you are going to have some days that you're not going to hit them out of the park. Yeah. I, to me, I would still I would start getting worried if this was over and over right. this was constant where i'm like okay now i'm kind of scared sure but since this is the first time yeah it's disappointing but like okay this sucks i'm not gonna trip but let's not i hope this is not a pattern kind of thing right so you don't have to put your red flag on just yet but just be like all right so i mean ooh, maybe it's just a bad week or yeah, you know yeah. that could be i mean seriously this town is fucking weird. It's true. And everyone's I, freaking out because of the Delta variant. I mean, that could that, be it too. That could be another that factor. Be, at which I'm, how about, I mean, I'm, I'm vaccinated now. Oh yeah. She, yeah, she, yeah. You I got really the Delta. Got it. I went on Thursday and I told you, I told you I was going to do yeah, it. Yeah, you did. Well, it's the science and everything. And I, and the Johnson Johnson didn't have any of the things I'm allergic to in it. Oh good. And I talked to the nurse about it at extensively. And, you know, they watched me and everything was fine. I didn't have any shortness of breath. It was all fine. It was great. I'm glad I did it. And I understand that, like, and I started understanding the science better, especially with this Delta variant, that, and that people who are already vaccinated can still get COVID. They just don't get the 
symptoms as hard, but they can still transmit it to other people. But right. that's why we have to have the vaccine. And it's science. It's fucking science. That's the point. And the interesting thing is that from the stats last week, what we learned is that the most unvaccinated population <laughs> is over 40 white guys, which I say, good riddance. Get rid of these motherfuckers. <laughs> Seriously, they're not doing anything good for anybody. The story of the... The, the bar the other night, the guy who I'm sitting at the Geary Club and the guy comes up, I'm drinking my beer, I'm having a good time by myself talking to the bartender and he starts talking to me about the weather or something oh, stupid. That's why and right. then and then he tells me and I, he oh, said, God. well, what do you do? And I said, well, I own this I own this radio station in, in the mission. And then he's like, well, I, blah, blah, he start, and then he Uh-oh. lays into me and he starts calling me a failure. Wait, what? I know, exactly. He didn't even buy me a drink first. Projecting. Like, I know, but I was like, dude, you're not going to buy me a drink and you're going to sit next to me and you're going to call me a failure? What, are you my dad? Get the fuck out of here. Wait, how? I was like, and so then I asked him, I said, how old are you, sir? And he said, oh, I'm 48. And I said, well, you're a failure because I'm only, I'm 46 and I look young and beautiful and you look old (laughs) and you look old and sad and you need to lose 40 pounds before you criticize anything on or about me. Anything. You going to criticize anything on or about me? You better fucking get your shit together. You're sitting next to me in the motherfucking Geary Club at 8 o'clock on a Sunday. What the fuck you doing, failure? At least I'm cute. Like, at least I have a personality. So I start, like, laying into this guy. Oh, thank you, Pear. And the bartender defends him. And I was like, this motherfucker. And it was a woman, two woman bartender. I said, this motherfucker just called me a failure. And I call, and I... And then I say I say something about him, and now I'm the bitch. Now we I'm the those, asshole. In my community, we call those pick me's, the pick me's, the pick me bitches, the ones that like gotta cape, put their cape on and save a man from like I guess. you know. It's just like leave him alone. You've done enough. I know. You know, it's like no, fuck this. He came to me. Yeah, he came insulting on. me. He came up to me. He, yeah, I was alone in the bar talking because it was a bartender shift. It was switch. And so the guy was switching with the woman. I think her name was Lonnie or Lottie, something like that. And uh, I don't remember what his name was. And this guy walks in and he doesn't even sit down next to me, which is fine. He sits like two things away from me. And I'm like, great, this guy's not going to bug me. And he just starts in. He just starts talking to me. And, and then once, like, once he started being offensive to me, I honestly was like, who the fuck do you think you are? You didn't even buy me a drink. You just come in. You accost. I'm. Why? Why go out to a bar? I could have stayed home and drank alone with my cats. Instead, I chose to spend the money to be in public, to be in a bar, which I haven't been in a long time. And what I realized is that men, and during the pandemic, lost all their manners, all their etiquette. They have no idea how to treat a woman or a person. Let's just say person. What the fuck? He was the, the male. He was the male Karen. He was Ken. He was being a Ken He's to you. He's being a Ken doll. Except that he. I mean, I was, was so. I was so livid, and I finally just. I was like, I'm fucking. I was. I was bumped because I spent. You know, I didn't have to spend sixteen dollars there. I could have just. I could have spent five dollars and gone home and drank at home and watched Survivor or some shit. Yeah, you I didn't have don't to spend. You don't spend sixteen dollars. Exactly. Well, they were seven dollar or they were six dollar drinks and like two dollar tips. So right. sixteen bucks. And um, I'm just... You didn't come there to sit there and be berated. The, no. the, the point is the fact that, again, some... We call Older them- white guy, some guy over 40, some entitled fucking guy over 40, who 
does it gets to tell me how to live my life? Gets to call me? It gets to, gets to comment on the way that I look, but I can't comment on the way he looks. He was so out it's of just a, too. It's just that whole Vince Vaughn mentality of I'm 48 and I still get to fuck 26 year olds on film. Like all of those <laughs> movies, every single fucking misogynistic piece of shit movie, and all of it as good as it gets. Fucking Jack Nicholson, Nicholson you're old, and. Was it Helen Hunt? No, it was. Yeah, it was, it was Helen Hunt. You're was right. it Helen Hunt? Yeah. And she's. Go- I mean, yeah. it's all of these. The dichotomy of age between men and what they can get with women, and they can be fat and they can be ugly. The King of Queens, like, just look at men. So, Dad, culture, but to be sexy. culture, culture, and and film. Culture and the visions of what we see, they mirror each other back and forth. And so when we see that women constantly have to be young and perfect and beautiful, and they have to have their hymen intact, and they have to be virginous, and they have to, then they have to be a good mother. There's all of these roles that women have to do and look. And if your mom, you still, you better be skinny. Oh my God, if you had a baby, you better lose that baby weight. Otherwise, you're not going to mm-hmm. be a milk. Or your vaginal rejuvenation. That's another one now. All of it mirroring back and forth and the fucking making money off of the wedding industry and off of. Botox and off of all the things women have to do, the makeup industry and the fashion industry tampons. and all of these things. Well, tampons, I mean, that's like, but women have these external societal cultural things that we have to fit and what men have to do. That's why we've created incels. That's why we've got fucking guys don't have to work to get the girl. All they have to have is money, but they don't even have to have that. Like, that's the trope that they have to live with is, well, if I'm not that good looking, I better have money. Whereas women are working so hard to be desirable all the time. And then some over 40 guy gets to just he looked that old. Me. He looked old as fuck. He looked he? old as fuck. Because you thought this dude was probably like his late 50s. I thought 60s. he was in his 50s. And I said, how old are you? Know? That's what you said. Like, I was like, how old are you? And he said, 48. And then I was like, well, <laughs> you're a failure because I'm 46. <laughs> And you look old and ugly and fat. <laughs> and then he's like, you're an idiot. That's what you do? You just go to the old, ugly, fat thing? I was like... You just came up... Wait, how do... I want to know, how did he start... Because you... I was wearing you- my... I think I was wearing my fuck Trump jacket. And he took umbrage to that. Uh, among other things. The fact I, that... I so that... So wait a minute. So he comes to you and, you know, talks about the weather bullshit bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then he asks, oh, so what do you do? You tell them, you know, I own this radio station. What do you do, sir? And what did he say? No, no. He, that's when he kind of went into calling me a failure. Oh, wait. Okay. So, wait. He doesn't even know. So, no, what? he didn't know anything about me. I, I have no idea. It was like he was like an old incel. It was oh, like an yeah, old incel tell. ghost that you came can... in. He had a big, he had a big like beer pot belly thing. He was sort of balding, and he, God, he I know, terrible. and he, and it's like, what are you? But that's the thing. Is that what it is now? You're nagging. Are you nagging me because you're trying to fuck me? Because I, I even said to him, I'm like, I don't know what you're trying to do with this conversation, but I skew much younger. I'm like, I fuck twenty six <laughs> year olds. Like I don't. I don't like. I don't mess with men over forty. You flipped the script on. Well, him. of course. I was like, I don't. I was like, I don't know what you're trying to do with this conversation, but I don't fuck with men over forty because they're old, and I like young men who are actually quite nice to me. Like, I walked down the street even today, and a young man was like, "Oh, I, I like," and I was like, "Okay, I don't know if that's hitting." That's kind of gross, but I that's get what gross, you're saying. But I get what you're young saying. Guys, in, in, co- in contrast to this guy coming up to me. Saying I'm a failure without even knowing my name, 
why am I a failure? Yeah. Knowing my business and what what I mean, radio business. It's when you say I own a station, a radio station. You didn't even bother to ask what you know. Details. Oh, I gave him a flyer, and he looked it over, and he was like, "I've never heard of this. This is ridiculous." And I was like, "I've been doing this for over ten years. This is like my." big project and you're not supposed to know everything about yeah. everyone like that's what that's the beauty of meeting people like oh mm. so that's what you do i'm fascinated by that tell me more i'm not familiar yeah but the, yeah yeah he was not fast he was not fascinated he was angry and i yeah. i don't know i mean maybe you got the incel part right baby i think so i think because that is some real like really because those are the ones who don't know how to talk to women. But the problem the, is that they're entitled because every movie they've seen, their their visions, their program because the visions of what they see is not real. Like Vince, they think everyone can talk like they can to like Vince Vaughn and Swingers. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, and baby. Vince Vaughn and Swingers was cute. That was before he got like old and, and gross bod. looking. And like you can even look like Ben it, Stiller's like in his fifties and still in movies. When would, he's in a movie. I would he's still bang Ben Stiller. Yeah, there's but, the, but the, that's the that. thing, though, is that we have this image that men over 50, there's no problem with them banging people under 30. In fact, it's shown in every movie. Yes. You are too old. Like, there, there's nothing real. Sure. Like, and our culture, it matches back and forth. And so what's happening is that women have to work so hard to be desirable and men don't have to do anything. And then they are, feel entitled to have these beautiful women that are working so hard. And then they go like, why are you crazy? And it's like, because I had to put on eyelashes and I can't fart in front of you and you need me to wear makeup and I have to shave and I'm never going to be good enough because you have a vision of what women are. And now I don't have a period anymore, so I must not be desirable because what kind of old crone am I that doesn't have like all of these ideas that we we allow men to judge us you know what i'm sorry i really i'm thinking because i'm just getting a visual of you guys at the bar and i'm thinking that's because he's the kind of guy that this chick is younger so let me kind of he that's when because a lot of guys in that age and older he's he didn't know what your age was <laughs> you know because he was like because he if he was to do that to any woman that over the age of 50 or 60, that can, you can tell that they are 50 or 60, you know, he would, he's used to, he's like, oh, she's old broad, so I can talk to her this way or whatever. Or, he, you know, or he probably would have not talked to her at all. But, but the fact that I feel that he thought that I can manipulate you because, you know, you look younger. He didn't think that you were around his age group. Does that Probably make sense? Probably not. I had a I, cute outfit on, though. And I'd had a great day. I'd had the show at Bar at Dolores, and it was super successful. And I was super happy. And I got a ride back here with Sam's mom gave me a ride. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I met Sam's mom. She's so pretty. She's so pretty. But she looks like a mom. She's just like a little bit over 50. She's darling, though. She's so pretty. Now I know why Sam's so pretty. It's because his mom's really pretty. Okay. Anyway, so I got to meet his mom, and she dropped us off here because I had all my equipment. And then Sam stayed and did a podcast with me, and he hasn't done that in so long. And he stayed and he podcasted with me for like, like thirty five minutes, and it was really fun. And I have it. She I got was to on a high. I was super. I was so happy. Right, and then I and then I was here, and I was having fun. And then he left, and I got on the bus to go home and I was like, you know I'll, what? I'll take a pit I'll, stop. I'll, yeah, I'd just like to go to the, I haven't been to the Geary Club in a long time. I'd like to go to the Geary Club. I'd like to go to a bar and get a drink. I'm vaccinated. I'm allowed to do this. This is what we do now. 
I remember bars. They were really fun. Bars used to be 33% of my personality. And now I don't even want to go back in a bar. I don't even want to go. Because I am so just disheartened by everybody right now. Well, let's talk about the female bartender now. Yeah. I mean... Was she not there to watch or witness she something? She saw all that. She was just upset because I was getting heated. I think it's because I was like, I, I mean, I was like, motherfucker. Well, it's when I did the fat shaming. People don't like it when you fat shame. I don't give a fuck. Well, I will fat I was, shame. Yeah, I was. Well, I just told him I was so angry. And I was like, motherfucker, you're the failure. You're, you, you're 48. You look that old. and You need to lose 40 pounds before you criticize anything about me ever. And I got, I was getting kind of heated. And then she was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I was like, I, is it the motherfucker or is it the oblique fat shaming? And <laughs> it's, but the thing that, the thing that it just bothers me though, is that women have been, I, and I don't like fat shaming women and I don't fat shame women. I fat shame men. I fat shame men because they I give fat it to them back. us. I give it back. Because Two they, wrongs do make a right for me sometimes. They do, they <laughs> Men have been so disrespectful of women's bodies and they continue to do so in, I mean, I just, I've heard any, I just, I mean, I talk, uh, here, fat guys talk fat shame women, the, right. which is really funny. Exactly. So my, so my thing is I'm going to talk about your size D's man. Yeah, exactly. You're not supposed to be having a size C chest, sir. I got some bras for you. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. I, I'm not even because wearing a bra Because I see today. sometimes the ugliest, most unhealthiest dickheads who want to criticize or judge women's looks. And I'm like, mm. who the fuck are you? Exactly. And then you know what it is? He's not. He's projecting because when you said that you own something, you took some power away from him. Mm. You took some power away like, I'm a business owner. This motherfucker probably don't own shit. I know. He probably right? don't even own his... His rental or his box or wherever the fuck he came from. Not even on the lease. Yeah. And so when you took, when he said, oh, I'm an owner, that's when he knew, well, fuck it. Well, you're a failure because he was butthurt. You took some power away from him because he ain't got shit. That was some heavy projection. Ain't men, that a bitch? Men don't like women that are self-sufficient because it's that culture thing that we've been that's been mirrored back to us is that women are delicate daffodils that need to be cared for by a fatherly figure they need to be have their virginity sheltered and then they need to be delivered to another man who will then be the caretaker of her sexuality and that men can have sex with all kinds of people but once a woman's hymen is broken she is no longer worthy of actual marriage or of money or of passing anything down because we know that she's not virtuous and virtuosity is somehow something that women need to have. That we're this, we're this delicate, virtuous creature that help men from their baser motives. And all of this is bullshit. And all of this is romanticism. And it's all mm -hmm. created through, it's all created because men want to control women. Mm -hmm. And when we've gotten to a place where I'm a strong, independent woman that doesn't need a man. And God damn it. I mean, honestly, I don't even know. Nobody wants to date me. And it's not that, I mean, I'm a little crazy, but. It's not that I'm not putting myself out there, but people don't like asking me. I I'm, must be so intimidating to men. It's that I think we talked about that the whole intimidating thing, uh, especially when you have a personality. Um, a lot of men are scared of that because it's a sense of security, and you know you're you're not sure and you're insecure. You're not, sure. I mean, though, deep down, I know I was, but I wasn't going to let you see that. Right. Behind, you know, I'm going to put on a front. But, I mean, the fact that 
any anytime when you hear I mean this is why men don't like women being CEOs and having their businesses well because, then they're just bitches or cunty or yes, it's so yes. hard it's like well she's a bitch and she put this aside and she didn't have kids and she did that well guys do the same thing all the time so why the double standard but yeah w- women are feared like look at poor Hillary uh, what did I learn from the 2016 election only some people hate black people but everyone hates women poor Hillary she was so the only qualified person for that job and though none of us liked her but I didn't like her either but still she was more qualified than yeah and if it's on personality we like the we like the rapist cunt grabber more than the cunty rape grabber like what is what do yeah. we it, yeah, uh, no, I get, I totally, get, totally get your point. And you know, people still, I mean, I'm not a fan of hers, but I mean, I will say that she is a success that most men could never get to. Absolutely. And so, and that includes you, white straight males. And oh so, men you know, over four, white men over forty. I'm done with you. He's <laughs> fucking done. Fucking I wonder, done. I bet she's not vaccinated either. So he, he's probably oh, won't be here I long. Hope. Let's go back to that. So the idiots that aren't getting vaccinated, like, all right, I waited a long time because I really was legitimately worried about a medical issue. But if there's no like weird medical issue that you're grappling through and you're just like my freedoms, you know, the wave, this Delta wave is coming for you. And and I'm I'm excited to see. A popul- a, an unentitled part of the population that is too stupid to understand science and their entitlement is too great for to them be to, extinct. to be Yeah. Goodbye. Because that's what Bye, you're dummies. Because that's what you guys are doing. Bye, dummies. We can't save you anymore. Well, and you don't want to be saved. And we already figured out that this particular strain of disease you can't hide behind it by saying, oh, it's a gay thing or this is a poor thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't care what color your skin is. It doesn't care how much money you have. It gonna get you. It's airborne. It's killed rich people. It kills rich people. It kills poor people. It kills people in other countries. It kills people here. It kills people everywhere. Yeah. So It kills Trump people. It kills Her- Her- Herman it Cain. Just... <laughs> it's so easy now with the Johnson & Johnson. Just, it's a one-shot... They're walking around the Tenderloin um, on Thursdays from 3.30 to 7. They have mobile vaccination units. And they're going around to people that live, that are questionably housed, Mm -hmm. and vaccinating them. Thank God. They actually, at the Food Co. uh, in my neighborhood, they have a vaccination site. And so, like, uh, you know, when I was going to the store, they're like, have you been vaccinated? I'm like, oh, sweetheart, I've been vaccinated since March. But they have people outside of the food co and like trying to get people vaccinated, yeah. which I did see some people like coming up and, you know, and tr- uh, getting vaccinated, which is great because, I mean, I think a lot of it because we, we talked about uh, uh, the stat, the, the data last week. Yeah. And Latinos was also in that data, unfortunately, was which was, I believe, 36 percent. Yeah. The good thing, though, what I saw was a lot of Latinos that were waiting in line yeah. getting vaccinated because, I mean, between work and job and what have you and family, like some people don't even have time. Well, and, and it's free vaccination right here on uh, 20th in between 19th and 20th on Alabama. Uh, they do it on Wednesdays and there's free vaccinations and it's a lot of Latinos and a lot of a lot of Asians. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, we and we talked about this last week. We said there was 99 uh, 
places in a seven by seven city where you can get vaccinated for free for free you know yeah there's no reason at this point there's no reason not to and you can find whether you want which of the shots whichever one of the three one of them's got to work for you it'll work for you yeah i mean and it's not and i still get it that the numbers in san francisco have been exceedingly low for deaths the the delta variant thing that cases are rising but a lot of it has to do with people go well where'd it come from San Francisco's a tourist city. There are people flying everywhere right now. One of my buddies is in Chicago right now from Scotland, and she's trying to get back to Scotland, and they're like, Uh-oh. they want her vaccination card. And she's like, but when you vaccinated me, you never gave me a card. So oh, she's like no. trying to track down all of this stuff to get back in the country. And, oh, God, yeah. But That's, good. Yeah, it's but- terrible for her today. But it's great for everybody else because That's what it, well, I don't yeah. want people from motherfucking wherever bangladesh pick a country azerbaijan whatever anywhere russia i don't want them flying here without a vax card i don't think that anybody should be flying anywhere without a vax card i don't think we should even be able to go to new york or boston because you could have it and take it with you well now the thing is it's going to spread more because due to what's going on right now the The Olympics. olympics And so, and I, I mentioned this before, this is one of the reasons why my family's not leaving the country or leaving China due to the influx of so many people flying in and out, in and out, in and out yeah. worldwide. And so, you know, what's scary is with the Olympics going on, because we have all a bunch of nations, 200. Yeah. <laughs> 200 countries. And we don't know. I mean, I'm sure the majority of them have gotten vaccinated, but we don't know. We don't know. They're spectator they're spectators and I know there's no one like in the stands or what have you, but I'm sure there's people in to they're going out or sneaking out. Yeah. It's just it's just there's just there's no way to follow the possibilities. My my It's fa- an airborne disease. Right. Like it's so highly contagious. Right. And and we're all together. Now here's the thing I love about the Olympics. Um, I've heard stories that over the years the Olympic villages They've had a lot of problems with STIs, STDs. yeah, STDs oh, and STIs, yeah. because they passed out condoms this year. Because they be fu- well, if I was a world class athlete and I had a bod like a motherfucking world class athlete, Please you don't me. think I'd be fucking? I would be looking to, and skateboarding. I guess is now part of the Olympics. Yeah, dear God, I'd be like, where are the skateboarders where are and the who? Swimmers how and many the soccer players? Right, too. soccer players. Soccer players of oh, the bike, the bicycle ride. Ooh, Jesus Christ! Give me some Tour de France. Of my pawns. Oh my god. <laughs> Marathon runners? Oh yeah, I love sprinters. <laughs> like I mean, don't get me in the Olympic village. Ooh, I love I'll to play crazy. track and field. Oh. Field on these great okay. Where uh, are you gonna throw that javelin, baby? <laughs> but I you know, but the but the Olympics this year have been very problematic. Okay. Yeah, for that weed thing? Oh yeah, with Shikari Richardson. Though they I believe they allow C B D. That's fucked up, but that's I have the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. You could CBD yes, THC no. It's the same plant. One of the 152 active cannabinoids. Oh, one of them is is enhancing. The others. Are you not allowed to have caffeine? You could drink caffeine as an Olympic athlete, mm-hmm. right? Is that not is that not a performance enhancing get, drug? I don't. Hear, I mean, I do. I don't know if they get tested daily or what have you, but I know steroids is a problem. Sure. <laughs> Speed. So, but so that's one with Shikari Richardson. Then the other one was with so now we have an influx of uh, more black swimmers and our hair 
is curly and it gets bushy. Regular swim caps cannot fit in her hair sometimes. Sure. So there is a black company that made swim caps for her hair. Why did the Olympic Committee say, no, we won't allow that? Uh. What? Yeah. But they, but they, re, uh, I believe a couple of weeks ago before the Olympics started, they, because uh, it's the only black hair um, swim cap wear. So it's like performance. They thought it was performance enhancing. They try in some to way? use. Oh, they that try makes to no use sense. some kind of bullshit. I'll, I'll look up the story. Because yeah. um, you got to get your fro all down. You can't. It won't fit in the other cap. Um. So there's that, and then. Oh, Honey, let's talk about some sexism. So uh, the Norwegian, uh, I believe, volleyball team, the they wanted them to, the ladies wanted to wear shorts because uh-huh. it's it's uncomfortable to play in a bikini bottom. They wanted them to wear bikini bottoms. The ladies like, no, we want to wear shorts. Yeah. So there's a whole pink uh, donated money to the Norwegian uh, women's team. I believe it was for volleyball. Um for them to be able to wear shorts instead of yeah, great uh, um, bikini bottoms, or at least the at least the boy short bikini bottoms, so that your inner thighs don't rub against each other. But if the women are playing the sport and they don't feel comfortable, let them wear what they fucking want to wear. Absolutely, yeah. Here, I, I'll look up. Let them. I mean, if you want to be naked, I don't care either. But uh, I'd rather. I mean, is not the Olympics to show off the sport? Okay, here and it if, is. Okay, so uh, it's Norwegian handball team, and so the uh, so it's beach handball, and so it's this is from the BBC. It's shocking to have to play pay to not play in our pants, and so basically from getting in trouble for refusing to wear a bikini to getting support from a Grammy winning artist, it's been quite a week for Norway's women's beach ball team. Uh, the team decided to wear shorts instead of bikini bottoms at the European Beach Handball Championships, which led them to be fined. They were fined. Whoa. It's so shocking that we have to pay have to pay for not playing in our panties, says one. Wow. Uh, but there was a lot more shock around the corner for the 24-year-old goalkeeper and her further further players. She says they were all starstruck when Pink tweeted the support for their decision their decision um, to pay for uh, to pay the fine. Um, uh, yeah. And so then Tanya says uh, things got crazy after the players made their stand over the uniform rules. She wasn't surprised that they were fine. They've been warned that that would happen, but she calls the punishment incredible and really stupid. So that was That's insane. One. They don't want to play in their panties. Like, I, so I, th- this is, it's all just objectification. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, hey, I, I watch soccer men's soccer because i like to objectify them too but they're really covered up like women's beach volleyball and all of those sports they're wearing like bras and panties okay. in men's volleyball are they they're shirtless yeah so this is the one from I'm a um, creepy old lady dude it's it's really fucking creepy uh here it is so this is from the new york times so this is about how a ban on a swim cap galvanized black swimmers so so basically, this is ahead of the uh, Summer Olympics. This is uh, from July 14th, by the way, yeah. which began later this month. Members of the International Swimming Federation, known as FINA, are reconsidering a ban that they put on the swim cap designer for black hair. The product Soul Cap is meant to accommodate thicker, curlier hair textures, provide a better fit, and protect the hair from chlorine. FINA declined to comment on the status of the review process, but in a statement released on July 2nd, 
said that the governing body was currently reviewing the situation with regards to the SOCAP and similar products, out understanding the importance of inclusivity and representation. The change comes after the backlash of an interview in which the founder of SOCAP told the BBC that FINA's rationale behind the initial, de initial decision was that athletes competing at the international events never used, neither required to use caps of such size and confederation. And the soul cap does not follow the natural form of the head. Wow. There we go. So they're saying that they're shaping. I Okay, so their Ooh. argument is that they're shaping the hair into a more aerodynamic form, perhaps, that could help them. Natural shape. Again, this is going to white that. hair. Well, then why don't we just make all swimmers shave their heads? <laughs> how about how about that's new rule? New rule, new rule. All swimmers have to have shaved heads. Men, women, the whole deal. No one wears swim caps. No one has hair. That's that. See, so you you notice there's no that one fifth of a person kind of right context in that. Ooh, child, I'm hot. Finna stay. Ooh, wait, hold on. Where is it? Okay. Racism. Uh, it is. It is totally. Been a statement from to, uh, July 2nd said that the governing body is committed to ensuring the, <clears throat> that all aquatics athletes have access to appropriate swimmer for a competition where, where the swimwear does not confer a competitive advantage. But that's not the case. But couldn't you just um, shave your hair into a more aerodynamic shape and not wear a cap? And is that... This is like, some racist this, shit. I mean, no, we know what this is. So, so uh, SoCap was invented in 2017 in Britain. Um, it was for black swimmers that will benefit from a swim cap design, which has extra room for the crown to fit for more voluminous natural hair like braids, locks, yeah. and afros. Yeah. Um, and so the two-time Olympic medalist, medalist who made history as the second black female swimmer to make the U.S. Olympic team has never used SoCap but thinks the black lash finna face for its initial decision was progress for the sport in general. This is so much better than banning a type of a cap, she said. Um, yeah. There should be, I, I can't believe that. Yes, everyone's hair should, if you're a swimmer, your hair should be accommodated. If you're, and if you have dreadlocks and you're murdering it as a swimmer, like you've got all that extra weight. Anyway, you're working harder yeah, if actually, you want to keep it. Actually, that's that's a fact because I know when I had braids and I would swim, that should be heavy. Right? You know, so I'm actually, it's a disadvantage to me, but this is my crown. This is my hair. This is who I am. Sure. I'm If I'm putting it in a swim cap like everyone else's, that is the rules. So I'm, I'm pretending to the rules. But the thing is, this is the problem. Like, we still get our hair policed, mm -hmm. our bodies policed. Mm -hmm. That is why that you still have these discrimination. There's the Crown Act. I, I don't that have just... a dog in the fight. That's the thing. I think hair. everyone's hair is their own hair. You should be able to express yourself with your hair in any way that you see fit. And there's no, I. that's why I get so angry with body hair and men saying the way my hair on my body should be. But that's your hair on your body. It's your body. It's your hair. What, some white guy over 40 gets to fucking tell you what to do with your fucking hair? Where, where's the dog in the fight? Dude, no, that's the, it, I, that make, it makes me so crazy. It is the weaponization of what blackness is and the fact that the fear of like, you know, hits the, the oh, can I touch your hair oh. kind of thing, oh my you God. know, and the European You're standard of what, 
beauty and what normal, what they sure, said, sure. you know, the natural state, right? natural meaning. I know what those cold words mean, man. We all know what the natural, come on now. We know what that means. And so the fact that now you have an influx of black swimmers and they don't like that. They don't like that. The same, this kind of reminds me of what happened when uh, Venus and Serena started. Oh, uh-huh. And how their hair used to be with the bra- uh, the the braids and the beads mm-hmm. and how the tennis, oh, no, oh, we don't allow that. The Tennis Federation tried to pull the same kind of shit. Same. It's just like, it's just like. So it's, it's back to this culture mirroring. It's that our media mirrors our culture, which then creates culture. So our media is creating culture. And when white men are creating the culture and they're putting their viewpoint, the thing is, uh, they're the, over the entire world yes. where we're creating all the media. There are all kinds of hair. It isn't straight white hair. There aren't that many white people. It's just that the people in control of the media are the the gatekeepers are white, older men. Wealthy. Wealthy. And the wealth is controlled. And so that the culture and the media and the wealth all bounce off each other. And even though how many people have like how many black people are way more than white people but it's just they're not in control of the media so that they're not represented in the media because it's just a mirror that goes back and forth and now we're in a fucking disco ball in the 70s with these same old white guys mirroring everything and it's like no we're trying to break out of the damn disco ball because there are all these viewpoints that are valid and we've been taught though and we've been groomed we've been brainwashed that this is normal that white lady straight hair and that's the thing i have straight hair oh i wish it was curly you have curly hair oh i wish it was straight we'll get a perm or do this or change it in this way and why do we have to do that it's the money follow the money because how much money do african-american women spend on their hair what kind of industry is that billions billions We spend so much money on our hair. And no, it's not just wigs and weaves, ladies and gentlemen. No, we are talking about products. We're talking about like swim caps. Swim caps, you know, yeah, like everything. No wonder why I, my hair would get wet when I was a kid. Because the swim cap never fit. It never fit. It never fit. And I have poofy color hair. Even when I had a relaxer when I was a child, so my hair would be straight, it would still come out poofy in the water because it's chemically bright uh chemically relaxed i would have to like use a straightener or Mm. blow dry it for it to get straight but my natural hair when it gets wet it gets curly and frizzes up jewish people's hair have you seen a jew fro (laughs) exactly do you uh, do you think a jew fro can get into a basic swim cap i think not (laughs) sir and ma'am i think not so and that's why the if especially if it's a product Shit. that can be that's existed, why wouldn't we open up the market for more things to represent more people? It's terrible when you don't see yourself represented in your media. You right. Know? That's why I get so angry about. I'm like, where are the women over forty with hot young guys? Because oh, that lot. can happen. There's well, it can lot. happen in real life, but is that happening in media? It is. Are now. they creating good? I'm. That makes me really happy if it's- we're starting to create roles for 
different ages. People want to see themselves in their media. And when you deny them that, it teaches them that they're not good enough, that they're an other, that they're not part of our culture. And we have to stop doing that. We have to be inclusive, right? Or right. do we or do we just keep it shut down and say, I mean, well, we you do. We see the non-binary thing happening and we seeing we're seeing some progressiveness, but not enough. So more Olympic uh, bullshit news since it just started. So I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, you know who Simone Biles is, right? Mm -mm. Okay, so she's an awesome uh, gymnast. She's won uh, gold medals before. But um, she is withdrawing from the uh, all-round gymnastics in Tokyo because she, she wants to focus on her mental health because, oh. you know, she's had a rough because i believe her something i think her brother murdered or was murdered something like that her family is not there she's 24 years old she's been doing gymnastics since got for yeah since she was three three yeah. yeah um so okay so she's taking a mental health break so, so she's not gonna be in the olympics yeah so gymnast uh superstar is defending the olympic champion simone's biles has withdrawn from thursday's individual round competition uh, to focus on her mental well-being. This decision comes as a day after Biles removed herself from the team final following one rotation vault. She cited her mental health as the reason of speaking to the media. After uh, after further uh, medical evaluations, Simone Biles has withdrawn, uh, withdrawn from the final individual all-round of the U.S. gymnastics on Wednesday. Wow. Uh, Biles has been uh, over uh, the overwhelming favorite to repeat an individual all-round uh, champion, but her status was left in doubt after Tuesday's outlining, and she told the media that she wasn't sure if she'd be able to complete on Thursday. Um, so the 24, oh, she... Poor girl, she's at the height of her game, and she just... Because there's really nothing else with gymnastics. What else do you become? What, do you go work for Cirque du Soleil? Right. Like, what do you do? She... I was an Olympic gymnast, and now I work for Cirque du Soleil. Like... The same thing happened like recently. Uh, uh, Naomi Osaka, who is a, a a tennis, and she's like she's awesome. She's gonna she's gonna top Serena in her game. They've played. She's she didn't play uh, uh, the U.S. Open because of her mental illness. And here's the thing: both these women are women of color. These are both black women. Huh. Now self care, are, yeah. I'm, These I women respect. are getting backlash. You know why? Because the fact that they want to take care of the mental illness. This is not something that we talk about in the black community. And imagine being a athlete and having all this pressure on oh you. My God, I can't. You know, and oh, these so are young much. women, and this is all they know. Yeah. Uh, Naomi Osaka is only twenty one. Simone Biles is twenty four years old. Yeah. And so the fact, and now you have these white wing right-wing people like Charlie Kirk and what blasting her is like, well, she's being selfish and sociopathic. You know, she needs to think about oh. the rest of the team. That's what she was doing. She was thinking about the rest of the team because she didn't want to let her team dial down by failing. And the fact that her family's not there. If she, she needs you know, radical self-care. That's what she needs. And they are, who does, who knows better than her if she can perform or not right. and, and in what ways and how, and if, like who knows what kind of existential crisis she's going through and mental health is real. I have so much deep respect for people that can recognize what's going on and have some self care instead of 
you know, I, I don't I don't think that the the cultural message we should be sending is you work as hard as you can and even if it's gonna kill you, you if your legs are broken and you're in the remember the yes. little girl, she had the broken foot and she Carrie vaulted Strug. Carrie Strug and she did it anyways? Like, what the fuck? It's like push past everything, take the drugs, don't believe it, your your mind is stronger, you're, or I'm dealing with my mental health. This is not a healthy thing for me. And these ideas are not safe. And the way that we train athletes is probably way too insane anyways. I, this, you know, I need to take a step back because someone could kill themselves. She, or- she actually did take a step back after the because after hurting herself after that, like, did, I don't think she competed in the 2000 uh, Sydney Olympics. That was 96. When she, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, all that pressure. Yeah. And then you're broken. And then you're broken. You know, so and oh, so the radical self care, ladies. I respect, mad respect. Yeah, so you know, I feel, and you know, so this is this is what I that's been fascinating me with the Olympics, the politics of everything that going mm-hmm. on from that story we we're talking about with the Norwegian women who can I can't play beach volleyball with no. If I'm competing in that, come on, my crotch. There's gonna get stuff in like. Well, and then are they expected to shave? Because is that part of it too? <laughs> because it's on TV periods what if oh my god what if a tampon string was hanging out wouldn't that be hilarious would they blur it out i bet they'd blur it comfortable no it's not comfortable but um i just wonder if they'd force you to shave because like i have i mean (laughs) because it can crawl down your legs and if you're jumping around and if they'd be like they'd be like i'm sorry danish women you have to shave you're not (laughs) right the danes they're like where you're too hairy sorry jews you gotta Get a weed whacker down there, and you can't be in the Olympics unless you, you know, maybe we're just going to have to laser off the whole thing for science and I for think I see Abby Olympics. Hoffman down in your crotch. Look at that, yeah. bro. Yeah, the, the poor Vietnamese, they're still looking for Charlie. They're, you got to take off all that. But, well, this, um, yay, we did it again. Yay. Thanks for talking me down off the ledge. I feel better. But yeah, I am going to go meet with my, up. I'm going to meet with my designer guy, and it'll all work out. Everything will be fine. And there and there'll be shows tonight, and everyone will be funny, or they won't, and it'll be warm, or it won't. And you know the thing is, the fact of the matter that you'll be in Walnut Creek, you know, people in the suburbs just sometimes go out on the rim. Yeah, that's true. You know, oh, they'll be. It'll be great. I got to meet Sam's mom. Oh my my life is perfect. I know. I know. I'm just. I was in the car. I was in the car, and I was like, "Your son's really talented." It's like your son's so he's so talented. He's so funny. Oh my god! I was I was a little drunk too. <laughs> I'm not um, even smoking. I'm choked no. up over that. It's I was I told her I was like and he's let me read some of his poetry and he's a really good poet. I was like he's a really talented young man. I got nothing. <laughs> I was trying to talk to her like a peer, you know, like as in like like a teacher. You gave me teacher. You gave, gave me Miss Benjamin. You gave me Miss te- Benjamin right there. Friend. And she's like, oh, you're the radio lady. Oh God! You know you could have. He could have been one of your students from back in the day. Well, he's younger than some of my students were oh, from shit, back in the right. day. Oh shit! You're right. Yeah, he's twenty-two years younger than me. Twenty, twenty-one years younger. So, than me. so these, yeah, your old students would be like in their mid to late twenties now, right? My old students are the age of like Jonathan. They're like thirty-six. Because when I was twenty-one, when I was twenty-one, oh, high school, you're right. yeah, I was teaching junior high when I was in tw- when I was twenty-one. I was teaching the the oldest was fourteen, so the difference in age between twenty-one and fourteen, geez, that's only seven years. Oh, shit, no wonder why people. Yeah. S- okay. 
Yeah. So a lot of my students were. So when I was 25, I was teaching high schoolers. So they were like 20. Um, let's see if they were Let's just say 16 is a round age. Nine, and so years. that's nine years younger than me. So still, I mean, it's. <laughs> yeah. So at, at pretty much every comedian so I know. So they'd be too old for like, her to date now. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Oh, oh so my funny. God. <laughs> Oh, they're fine. They would be too old for you to date if you found one of your old students. You're too old. You're too. I'd be like, I'm sorry. You're four years away from forty. You're a little too old for me. You're borderline. I'll go. I'll. I'll still go. I'll say under forty, but no. I mean, I'm gonna have to start changing my rules at some point. But until I, not yet. Stick, stick to your guns. I'm not mad at you. Not and it. fuck that fat fuck incel oh who will probably never see again. I'll never. I won't even remember. I had a whiskey. That's why I wanted to fight a bitch. Um, he, he chose the right one that day. I'm yeah. sure he cried in a fetal position. I hope home. so. Jeez. <laughs> men, stupid men. Okay. Um, yay. Hey. This is fun. Um, have the best week. Yes. And enjoy um, yourselves. Yeah. All right. Uh, this has been the AltaCast for Benjamin, Sheriff of Truth. Bye.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio, my friend. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny radio, my friend. You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Four Let's watch full-length movie on YouTube with Michael Spiegelman. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Let's Spiegelman. We're hosts of... Follow us on podcast by with our acronym L W A F L M O Y T. We watch a full length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and watch the movie at the same time. Yeah, L W A F L M O Y T. Yeah, That's every Sunday, two p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, five percent. Five yeah, percent right. I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show. 5 p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh, uh, uh, let's watch full length. Oh, wait, let's do a full minute promo. Oh, never I'm mind. Bye. See, ya. See you next month. I was just leaving the theater. <laughs> 
1969 gold Cadillac with the white interior and I drove it up here. And I started to do some thinking. Around in it on the freeway and I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black glass. Smoking big spliffs and cruising Saturday that Cadillac 92. on the freeway. Good to see you. I am a total Colonel Blake, Henry, yeah, Charlie here, yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Hey, everybody. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, Write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders. Look good on camera. End all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And... Invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. Who have an insatiable
insatiable appetite for all things in life, who scream at nothing and everything at the same time, who dance till sunup, who cause the sun to set again with irreverent bow, who rival the moon with gravitational force, who leave rooms feeling empty and earthquake struck, who don't give a fuck, who make, who do, who dream out loud and laugh like maniacs, who draw shock and awe on faces graced with watching, who create from the soul of an orgasm, who swagger even alone in the shower, who fight with passion and love with passion and are passion, who catapult over cliffs in the name of revolution, who would rather die than fall in line to conform, who constantly challenge the norm, who greet each and every day as if just born, I say to you I know your greatness the way a suicide jumper knows weightless just before the impact and in fact I know it best when I say to you, I love you. Hello there, my friends out at Mutiny Radio. Jester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off, for, <laughs> it's in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for comedy clubhouse with a k you can download it for free but we'd love to see you every friday 8 to 10 down here at mutiny radio laugh off your tushy and save your life because you know what's better than laughter well it's a cash cock baby (laughs) so are we talking about the formation of space camp is that what we're doing what is Space Camp? The, your Bucket Festo. Bucket Festo, oh, okay. So, uh, <clears throat> um, I have an ulterior motive with uh, the Rainbow family. I have an agenda, and that is to um, use the Rainbow family as a fulcrum to manifest uh, fully automated luxury uh, gay space communism. And... Uh, or like the Federation, but not the Federation, no, Federation is too hierarchical. Anarchy, uh, you know, Noam Chomsky in the woods, in the for in, the, in space, Noam Chomsky in space, yeah. So like, uh, uh, what am I trying to do? Uh, so I, uh, Rainbow is like, uh, definitely got a lot of, uh, um, of the components that are needed for gay space communism. But, and when they say gay, it's like, we're not saying that uh, you have to be gay to be in space, quite the contrary. Although... It's quite likely that the first sex in space around Earth was gay, because uh, the, you know the Russian cosmonauts, you know at least a handy had to happen up there. You know at least uh, at least there's a handy in space. Um, anyway, um, uh, g- gay space communism. Um, uh, we're going to so uh, here at Rainbow we have uh, a gift economy where um, you give and you get. You know, uh, and uh, in the gift economy there's some unspoken rules. You give to the ge- people who are best at giving. You know, you want to redistribute the the people who are really good at distributing are the ones you want to uh, distribute to, right? And uh, there's a lot of like visceral feelings of an understanding of, of these concepts. When we hoard, hoarding creates scarcity. You know, like 
we probably have like at any given time in any community there's probably plenty of food and toilet paper to go around you know but if one person's hoarding it you know they have all the toilet paper the community needs in their in their garage right and that's what creates scarcity is hoarding so when we give we create abundance and uh, that's a lesson that's being taught here at rainbow is that uh when we share we, we are in abundance and when we hoard we are we're in scarcity um and that's like uh, one of the core components of uh of uh space communism another is uh, consensus decision making um, now I don't think like um, we need like a, a some people see consensus as like the central decision-making body and I think that is all wrong and backwards what is it's a wisdom collection um, process where we like uh, curate ideas and then find out which ones uh, uh, we jive with the most we, it's like a vibes check and ideas in a circle um, and then uh, the, the, the wisdom will manifest itself and, and what needs to be done will become obvious, right? Um, and that's, uh, that's the, uh, gov that should be the governing body for all things rather than, um, rather than like elected representatives or, or even direct democracy. The problem with democracy is 51% can tell 49% to go to hell, right? And we don't want that. We want, and we want, we want everybody's, uh, uh, it can become a competitive situation as, as you can see in the, in, in the world. Um, there's no, in fact, there's a, a lack of incentive to cooperate because the more you build your, your, you tighten your pot up, the more um, you're able to build that uh, overwhelming block and and uh, bully the other side into coercion. So of course we don't want, we, we're all about peace and nonviolence, right? So what we're trying to do is create a non-coercive um, space station. That's the that's where I was trying to get to. We're trying to, I'm trying to leverage. Uh, rainbow into space into launching the, uh, uh, the human beings into a intergalactic global peace-loving cooperative uh, community um, and uh, once we get in the space we'll be able to have the uh, um, the, uh, the autonomy we need uh, from the mainstream culture to be able to thrive with this all with these uh, new views because we can't outcompete capitalism capitalism will will leverage its future for its present you know so here in the uh, or, uh and uh that's you know if you're, you can't compete with somebody who's on a suicidal bend to uh you know end the world you just can't you know you can't compete with that um on the on the short term but on the long term you know it's going to be the shares that win you know so we just gotta have to wait them out so once we're in space though then it's going to be like we're going to be uh all the practice we have here of uh, renaturalizing um, the forest, we're going to take into space and and uh, uh, renaturalize asteroids, or um, renaturalizing Mars or Venus. You know, we can put uh, you know we can put tarps up in space, tarps in space. Like, uh, have you ever heard of that? Like, uh, you can use uh, um, um, like light sails to end the the Lagrange points, and we'll put a tarp over Venus to cool it down. You see. And in uh, Mars, we need to do the opposite. So maybe we'll like, uh, you know, we'll get to make it rain some comets onto Mars to get to some water in there and get some heat going in the atmosphere. Anyway, that's all for the future. For now, we just need to like, uh, you know, communicate better and focus on sharing and live in abundance and uh, and you know, be kind to each other. Check. Howdy, folks. This is Finch, and I'm bringing you another episode of Always Free Radio. 
the Rainbow Gathering-related podcast and live radio show that comes to you out of Mutiny Radio from San Francisco every week from 4 to 6 p.m. on Tuesday afternoons, San Francisco time, that's Pacific time. You can listen to this show live on the air at mutinyradio.fm at showtime, or if you want to catch episodes after they air or check out our episode archive, you can search for Always Free wherever you get your podcasts. That's all one word, spelled A-L-L-W-A-Y-S-F-R-E-E. You just listened to The Bucket Festo by Bucket, and that was a track from Tenali's collection of field recordings at the Pennsylvania 2021 Prism Gathering. We're going to bring you some more recordings from the Pennsylvania Prism Gathering at the end of this podcast, as well as the B track of a guest podcast by Tenali from his podcast, Muddy Boots. You can listen to that also wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Muddy Boots. And so the second half of this episode is going to be that, uh, including more tracks from the PA Prism Gathering, as well as older tracks from Rainbow Gatherings uh, over the last 21 years. If you want to listen to Tenali's full field recording archive, you can go to soundsfromtherainbow.org. He's got all of the tracks divided up by year, or you can just download the entire 10-something gigabyte archive. Uh, this week, we're going to be bringing you another special episode uh, brought to you from the south of France. I'm on a town run from the European Rainbow Gathering in southern France near Mijanez, and we're going to be bringing you some audio recordings, including the Magic Hat Song and some jams at Chai Baba Camp, as well as jams from Octopus Tribe and Goat Camp. <laughs> The European Rainbow Gathering happens every July-August full moon cycle, and this year it was in, is in France, and it's quite a large population for the European Gathering. On full moon, people are estimating that there were over 4,000 people uh, around the main fire. There was a, a huge bonfire night with four fires, one in each cardinal direction, and a giant spire set up in the center that was burnt uh, with a pyramid of fire that started about 10 feet tall with people climbing all the way up the pyre to add more wood to it. it. took them about an hour to get the thing lit. It was truly a sight to behold. This gathering is also full of cows. I was woken up in my tent twice this week by a whole herd of cows with cowbells swinging and clanging and I have to say it was a really interesting combination of pleasant and incredibly alarming. I stuck my head out of my tent to be face to face with a giant cow that could have trampled me, uh, but all of the bells all around our little village were really pretty. Anyway, enjoy the music, enjoy your sounds from the Pennsylvania Prism Gathering, enjoy your sounds from the European Rainbow Gathering in France, and welcome home.
Sniffing that cocaine all over town. Honey, don't let my deal go down. Oh, no, buddy, this cocaine feed. It was made for horses, not for men. The doctors will kill you, but he don't know when. Oh, no, buddy, this cocaine feed. Tell it to me, tell it to me. Drink corn liquor, let the cocaine be. Oh, no, buddy, this cocaine feed. Tell it to me, tell it to me. Drink corn liquor, let the cocaine be. Oh, no, buddy, this cocaine feed.
tastes like wine. I'm going where the water tastes like wine a lot, and I ain't gonna be treated this way. suits my clothes a lot and I ain't gonna be treated this way I'm going where the weather suits my clothes I'm going where the weather suits my clothes I'm going where the weather suits my clothes a lot and I ain't gonna be treated this way I'm going down that old dusty road I'm going down that old dusty road I'm going down that old dusty road a lot 